He is risen. Praise the Lord. Um, I thought it was just a great conclusion and to um, Mark having the, um, <clears throat> the resurrection being reviewed on the resurrection again, and it's a little bit like Kurt shared. He said that sometimes it feels like Mark went through it in kind of the short version, and, and it is. But nonetheless, he brought out the same message that all the rest of the Gospels did, that Jesus died on the cross for you and me. He rose again, and now we can be saved through that redemption plan. <clears throat> This morning, for scripture, um, you can turn with me to Matthew 7, 22 to 27. And Shane read that scripture just a couple of Sundays ago, and part of that was um, I was inspired by, um, to preach this message because of that chapter, I mean, because of his reading and also because of I had read an editorial by uh, um, Christian Example was the was the um, was that the editorial was in the Christian Example and I, and I really appreciated it. It had brought out a new perspective to me on on this story, and so I'm going to read Matthew seven. 22 to 27. <clears throat> and I think this title could be called um, Strong Foundations if, if we want to give it a title. <clears throat> Matthew 7, verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Let's stand up and sing, The Wise Man Built His House. <clears throat> the wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock, and the rains came tumbling down. The rains came down, and the floods came up. The rains came down, and the floods came up. The rains came down, and the floods came up, and the house on the rock stood firm. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand, and the rains came tumbling down. The rains came down as the floods came up. The rains came down as the floods came up. 
The rains came down as the floods came up, and the house of the sands fell flat. So build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. So build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. So build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ, and the blessings will come down. The blessings will come down as the prayers go up. The blessings will come down as the prayers go up. The blessings will come down as the prayers go up. So build your house on the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> So first of all, um, I'd like to make a few comments on verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name's done many wonderful works. So, if they did all of these things, why were they not chosen with the elite fleet? <clears throat> and I think, actually, when you read more of it, you can kind of go and find out why they weren't. Because I don't really believe that these people were ever saved. And what makes me think that? Because Jesus said he never knew them. And I, you know, we say, well, you can't do miracles without knowing the Lord. Well, yes, you can. I do think, I think that in the time of the children of Israel, when they were um, leaving Egypt, um, Pharaoh's sorcerers could also do a lot of the same miracles that Moses and Aaron did. They, for the first three or four, um, they were able to do the same miracles that, that, that Moses and Aaron were able to do. And I believe that, that miracles can be performed even by other spirits other than, other than God. Um, but in the end, God still reigns triumphant. <clears throat> if... Um, I, I think that if, if preaching could save a man, I don't think that, Jesus, uh, that Judas would have been damned. I think Judas did a fair amount of preaching. He did a bunch of evangelizing just like, just like the rest of the disciples did. And in the end, he hung himself. He made a bad decision. He made a bad choice. <clears throat> and so today I'm going to be talking about a foundation and... Sorry about any of you that were hoping to hear a story about pole buildings today because I'm going to be talking about a foundations. Good foundations, bad foundations. What's the difference? Um, what is a foundation, number one? I, I looked at the, um, the Webster definition of foundation and it says it's, and I didn't even like it that much, but it's still, this is what it said. It says that it's the lowest load-bearing part of a building. Because we've got other bearing points in buildings. Any of us that are familiar with building know that there's other build, uh, bearing points, but the foundation is the part that is the most integral part of the building. Because if, if we start off with a bad foundation, it doesn't matter what we do with the rest of the building. Um, because I really do believe that when, when those two houses went up, both of them, I think you could have looked at them, they were identical. Um, I mean, that's just in my imagination. I'm not saying that they were, but I do think that just from the outside appearance, 
They looked identical. Um, and just to kind of show how important the foundation is of a building, and uh, I think it is about 1990 or so, um, it was at the Atlanta State Bank or something was put up, and they had a big splash in the paper that they wanted to advertise that, that anybody that wanted to come to the groundbreaking ceremony of this building could, could come watch this and see how it was done. So there was this man with his two sons that went, and they were all excited about the building that was going up. They looked at it and said, this, this thing is, Dad, this thing is humongous. This is going to be awesome. I think, I think the building was going to be 982 feet tall or something like that. And if you want to think about it, I think this building is probably at its peak is 40, um, 40 feet tall. And so... How many, how many of these buildings could get stacked on top of each other? Come on, some of you young minds back there, Ardell and Conrad, help me out. How many would that take? If it would be 40 foot, so about 25 buildings maybe, 25 of these church buildings stacked on top of each other would make the top of that building. They said, Dad, this thing's going to be humongous. And they were all excited and they wanted to watch to see how this was done. And I mean to tell you what, for three months straight, Every day, there was nothing going on except more dirt being moved and more dirt being moved. And it got deeper and deeper into the hole. And Dad, the boys asked Dad one day, they said, wait, when are they going to start building? And Dad said, I was kind of thinking down the same lines. Like, when are you going to ever get started on this building, actually? And so he found an important-looking guy strolling around with an armload of papers underneath his arm. And he goes, um, you know, I hate to be intrusive here, you know, but when, when were you thinking that you might be starting on this building? And the guy grinned and he said, this is a question I hear a lot. And he said, I've got the answer. He said, the most important part of this building is the, is the foundation. And he said, we have to dig 200 feet down into the ground before we hit a good, good enough surface that we can support this building that towers way up above. Down underneath it starts, all the way at the bottom. And that's exactly the way it is in our Christian life. It doesn't matter what we do, how we build from the ground on up, but if we don't have that foundation of Jesus Christ, it means absolutely nothing to us. <clears throat> um, and the, the other thing about it is that, that the, the editorial that I read, that I had never really thought about that, is, you know, why, why would God not just have given them an easy life? Why would he have not just given them, you know, if he wouldn't have allowed any floods to come, that house would have been just fine. So it was actually, it was God's fault. Well, folks, I'm here to tell you today that every one of us are going to be facing storms in our life we're going, to be, we're going to be needing to address storms. You know, I think there's going to be people that um, all of our storms might be looking differently. You know, there might be times that we might say that, well, you know, our finances aren't quite the way that we'd like to have them. You know, maybe our boss fired us at work. Or maybe our marriages are on the rocks. Maybe our parents are bossy, and they shouldn't be. You know, I mean, this, it's... There's all kinds of things that we can look at and say, these are storms. And I'm telling you today that if our foundation isn't on the Lord Jesus Christ, 
that we're going to crumble, that that, that that building is going to decay. It's going to, it's going to go down the drain. In 19, uh, no, that was in 2008, I think, when Hurricane Ike went through Galveston, Texas. And there was, there was acres and acres and blocks and blocks and miles and miles of carnage and wreckage. And there was, there was buildings down on the ground. It, it was horrible. And in the middle of it, there was a two-story house that captured many, many people's attention. And, it, and it, you know, as a builder, I was fascinated by it because, you know, there was hundreds of houses all the way around it. And here stood this one house all by itself. Why? The newspapers um, did some research on it, and they had sat, seen that in the last uh, 10 years be previously before that, this house had taken a complete renovation and it had come up to the hurricane codes. And therefore, it was built to last. That's the way that our life should be. We need to build, build so that God can work in our lives and that we can stay standing amid crises, amid church troubles, amid, amid any storms that we consider um, as a storm. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people that put a lot of faith and trust in certain individuals. They might have a mentor, they might have a parent, they might have, you know, they might have a, a pastor of a church or whatever else. And when something happens to that person that lets them down, all of a sudden, they are in, in, the, in the pits of despondency. The, the church crumbles because of the pastor that was had had sexual allegations against him and all of a sudden everything goes downhill. I can assure you of one thing, it had nothing to do with the pastor. Well, I take that back. Maybe it did have something to do with the pastor. But first of all, I don't believe that the people had been building on the correct foundation because there man where where there's man, there's always going to be failing and shortcomings. <clears throat> um so, just getting back to the, to the man with a poor foundation for just a bit. Um, why, why did he not build a good foundation? That could be it. That's a very good point. The cost was too high. I do think that, I do think that he wasn't intentional about putting in a good foundation. I don't think he put a lot of thought into it, what that foundation was that he was building on. And I, I think that that's something that we need to be intentional about. We need to, we actually need to make sure that we are building on that, on that rock that is higher than I. <clears throat> um, and also the other thing that I think that we need to, we need to take into consideration is, is that sometimes we're going to look around us and we're going to be surprised at the people that have got a good foundation. We, don't, we look at them and say, man, um, you know, maybe, maybe he doesn't quite look like that pillar, or pillar that we're thinking that he might, um, that he should look like. But I think in the day of judgment, I think we'll, we'll be surprised both ways, I believe. <clears throat> now, I'm not a big... Harry Potter fan. In fact, I don't know that I've ever read any of her books. 
But um, J.K. Rowling made the comment. She said, I was set free because my greatest fear had been realized if I, and I had a daughter whom I adored, and I had an old typewriter and a big idea. And so rock bottom became a solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. And it doesn't matter that much to me whether, whether, I mean, that it was her that wrote that. What matters to me is that that's something that I think that all of us have to reach. All of us have to re reach rock bottom so that we can reestablish that foundation that is so important and integral to every one of our lives. <clears throat> we need to let Jesus take control of, of our lives. Um, I, I appreciated another quote that I had read. It says, a successful man is someone that can lay a, found, a firm foundation on the bricks that other people threw at him. That's, that's, some, pretty, that's some pretty rich stuff there. Um, so it's indicating that Christian living is not necessarily just, just an easy life. It's not just going to be going sailing through life that we're going to, that we're going to not have any needs that but one thing that we can be assured of life with Christ is always good it's not going to be without its struggles but life with Christ is always good so yeah whether whether we're facing those storms today or not facing those storms today let's have let's build on that that good foundation we need to focus we need to focus on christ and christ alone and i i wrote up a list of of five five stones that we can build on but there's one thing in here that i want to remind us all of it doesn't matter if we follow all of these other stones to a t if we don't have number one we're not going to have a firm foundation. It's going to crumble. And I, as I was reading more on this, I was actually a little, bit, a little bit disappointed because there are so many points, places in the Bible that you can read about the rock and the firm foundation that, that um, God has, has appointed in our lives. And, you know, David writes about God being his rock and his, his um, foundation. And, and I just, there's so many points in the Bible that I would just love to read, but I don't have the time to do it today, and I think I had to condense some point of it. And, and it's okay. There's, there's going to be more, more times that we can do this. But number one point is faith. Trust in God and growing in Christ and his faithfulness and his forgiveness. Believing on God's word and applying his words to our personal life. Not just reading them, but applying them to our lives. Um, it's so easy to, you know, want to be refreshed in his word and, and reading encouraging and reading encouraging things in the Bible. But sometimes uh, the Bible condemns us and convicts us. But I think if we have built on that firm foundation, it doesn't need to be condemning. It might be convicting, but it doesn't need to be condemning. Um, we need, to, we need to, every aspect of our life, we need to give to Christ and, and open up our lives and say, hey, here am I, Lord. Take me. 
use me. Second point is fellowship with other believers. And I believe that that's something that's important to each and every one of us. Um, I think that there's a lot of people out there that have gone out onto the mission field. They had a mission, they had a vision, but it became a very lonely place when they didn't have anyone else to interact with. I mean, there's something about it that you can, you can go back and you can make a phone call back to mom and dad and brother and sister back in the States or wherever you're at. But unless you have that daily interaction with, with fellow Christians, people that you can interact with on the same level, it's hard. It's not impossible, but it's hard. And I think that that's something that we want to we wanna be there to hurl rocks at each other and, and, you know, keep everybody on the straight and narrow. No, I don't think that's what we want to do. We want to be encouraging there. And I was, I was sharing with the brothers last, uh, down in the basement, and I don't know if I wrote that down or not, but yesterday morning I wrote, um, wrote a quote down, and I really appreciated it, and I'm not going to be able to quote it word for word, but it says, let my advice fall on you like snowflakes. That, that can, you know, can just gently fall on you and, and you know, bring you comfort, bring you, um, you know, allow it to penetrate into my life at a, at a later date rather than having rocks that are coming hurling at me and, and feeling like I'm stoned or whatever. And I wish I would have wrote it down because it was, it was much more profound than that. So, um, but... But I do think that we want, to be, we want to be there as a brotherhood, encouraging each other in this walk of life. Not being, not being there and, and being like, seeing who can get the highest on the religious and righteous totem pole. Because I don't think that is going to get anyone anywhere. That's not what God wants. He doesn't care about that. He wants us to, to live a life for him that is intentional, that is... That is God glorifying and has nothing to do with about how many people can be impressed with that framework of our house. Because I can guarantee you that that foundation will crack if that's all that we're building on. If we're just looking for the, the um, praise of man, it will crack. Also, it, having a, a brotherhood is being able to be accountable to each other accounting to people, but also being accountable to. Because you know what? Um, sometimes it's easy to just live life. You know what I do or what I don't do? It's really none of your business. But you know what? We need to be accountable to each other. We need to, to tell people, our brotherhood, about the things that we're experiencing, the victories that we've had, the, the valleys that we're walking through, because after all, that's what we're here about. We, relationships are important. Yesterday morning, um, we had the privilege of having a, a, a men's breakfast at Marvin and Doran's, and it was great. You know, we interacted with people and, and discussed things that, you know what, probably on a normal Saturday morning we would have never done. But it was great. Building those relationships is important. Knowing, knowing what my brother is going through, um, 
knowing about his triumphs and his life, knowing about the valleys that he, he or she is walking through. It's important. We all need each other. We're not here um, at our wedding. The brother that, that preached the message said that we're not here to see who can get the highest. We're here to together, we can oppose the devil. We're not here to try to, um, try to see, well, who can, you know, uh, which one of us, which one are the most righteous? No, together we can make a concerted effort to withstand the wiles of the devil, and together we can also rise to greater heights. And that's the joys of that. Um, I want to read, I, I wrote a verse here from 1 Corinthians 14, 12, and, and, and it says, also being together with, with um, friends in the spiritual body is also a, a time and a means of exercising your spiritual gifts. I don't think any of us want to be sitting here and just being, well, <sighs> yeah, well, we made it to church this morning. Um, now we've done our duty for the week, and so... Um, we're okay. No. I don't think that's what God wants for us. And I, I really don't believe down in our hearts that's what, that's what you want for your life. I think all of us want something deeper. And so all of us have got different gifts. And I don't believe that for one moment that any, there is no church out there. I'm going to go out on the limb and I, I'm going to say this. I don't think that there's a, any church out there that on the ministry or the leadership team, that they've got the market cornered on all the gifts. I don't believe that. It, it's not true. If somebody tries telling you that. I believe right here amongst this membership of Gospel Light Fellowship, we have got many talents right here that we're able to exercise, and I, I think we're just waiting to see everyone coming out of their woodworks. This is beautiful. It, it's a challenge, too. It says, in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, it says, Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Sometimes it's easier to do nothing. There's cracks a-coming if we, if we decide to take that route. Number three, family and godly friends. I think those are pretty important. And you say, well, how can I make God, I mean, how can I have godly friends when you want me out on the mission field um, exposing other non-believers to the truth? You can. Make them be godly friends. Well, no. <laughs> Lead them to the Lord. Help them to become godly men and women. Because after all, this is something that we want. We want to have other people. That love for our fellow man is going to want to make us go out there and, and, and witness to him. Be excited about this faith that, that, we're, um, that we're exposed to. If we've got nothing to share and we've got a problem, there's cracks are cracks coming. <clears throat> Do we want to deepen our relationships or are we willing to keep God at arm's length? Should we just kind of try to, you know, it's easier to do nothing. Truthfully, I'm the type of a person that I enjoy being at home. You know, if I work hard all day, there's nothing that I enjoy more than just sitting down, relaxing. I don't want to talk with anyone else. I don't even want to, I don't even want to see you. 
Marvin, I can relate to that. I'm not talking to you. I can, uh, that's something that we hear a lot on the job site. Uh, you know, depending on what happens, Marvin will say, well, Norm, can't talk to you anymore. Um, do, do we take time for family and friends? Do we take time to further those relationships? <clears throat> Surrounding ourselves with good people, with godly people, is important. 1 Corinthians 15, I believe it says that it says, uh, bad company corrupts good manners. I'm, I'm still a, very much of a believer in that. And then we're, we're going down into things that we think, well, does that, is this really that important? Does this really, real, does my relationship and my foundation that I'm building, does it really, is it that important? But I do think it is. How do we relate with finances? Am I being a good steward of my money? Um, and you know, I could, I could point things out, you know, it's like that I would, things that I would consider poor stewards, but I think it's different for every one of us. We all know what, what our weak points are and what our strong points are, and I believe that sometimes we need to analyze these things and not just be, you know, going out there. And just because I can doesn't mean that I should. Um, it's, it's also easy sometimes to be, especially when you're young, you're trying to establish a family, you're trying to, um, the cares of life come pressing around you, to end up with irresponsible debt. Um, it, it's something that I think that can become so oppressive that I think that it can create cracks in our foundations that, that is, is just unbelievable. And in the end, I'm not sure, I think it's maybe in Matthew 7 or 8 or somewhere it's where it says, And what profiteth it a man if he shall win the whole world but lose his own soul? Let's always be aware of that. Let's be aware of our finances. Number five, taking care of our bodies. Our bodies are God's temple. I'm not going to go... I'm not going to go into depth there. You know, what do we want God's temple to look like? Are we willing to, are we willing to make concessions because of we don't want to defile God's temple? Are we saying that, hey, here's our needs. You know, God, I'm sorry, but <laughs> this is a temple that you're going to have to live with and suck it up, you know. Um... But the important thing is, is that, that I think that we should be hearers, but we should also be doers of the word. That's way more important than just being hearers. Let's read Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. Ephesians 2, 19 to 22 says, now, 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 this is talking about us, if we have... Um, if we have good foundations that we have built on, we are, um, it's, it's going jumping right into verse 19, and it says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. 
that's a, that's a beautiful that's a beautiful word picture that that is drawn for us that that we're now part of God's family. That's where every one of us are wanting to be as being part of God's family and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And this is this is the thing that stands out to me is that there again unless we have Christ for that chief cornerstone it doesn't matter how you build your house. The framing from that point on is, is nothing. Um, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord. Praise the Lord. In whom ye also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. And I'm, I'm going to, um, if any of you have gotten your bulletins or, and a pen and paper, or something to write on, I'm going to give you a few points to ponder this week. I'd like you to think about it the same way that, and I'm going to put it into the, to my tense, and I'd like to put the challenge out for you as well. So where am I laying my foundation? Am I putting it into material goods? Am I putting it into, into other things other than, other than what I should be doing? Where will I find my mentor, or would I rather not have one? Um, am I going to be open and honest with my brotherhood to tell them about my faults? Because I've got, I've got a lot of faults. Have I made time for God's word? Sometimes we can get caught up with, with the cares of this life and said, well, you know, maybe tonight would be a better time than this morning. And tonight was not a better time. So, well, I'm sorry, God, we're going to have to go on a little bit of a fast. And then the last thing is, what are some of the things that I have done to lay the foundation for growing in my faith as a Christian? Or have I not laid any of those foundation blocks? One last quote for the day. Um, it's not the beauty of a building you should look at. It's the construction of the foundation that will stand the test of time. So let's, let's pray for each other that we don't faint, by the way, because that's something that, that all of us are going to have times that we need God. And we all need God at all times, but there's going to be points in our life that we're going to need God more than we need him at other times. And I think Reading through Psalms, we can see David as being a prime example of that. Let's pray for each other. <clears throat>